the uh, podcast. I'm Marty McGee, and I've got with me my compatriot, my man at arms, the <laughs> Bill to my Ted, my good buddy Johnny, the critical critic. He's a the critical film critic, and today our subject is going to be the top five. This is a difficult list. The top five Marvel villains. Now, this isn't necessarily the most powerful. This is just our yeah. particular ranking based on maybe what we like about them, maybe the storyline, maybe just the coolness factor, whatever it may be. But these are our top five. So uh, I think last time we started it out, I went first. So Johnny, if you'll start with number five. Okay. Well, first off, I want to say, like you said, it's it's not um, the person that's most powerful. Because I mean, look 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 at Batman. You know, he's not a villain, but look how look how Batman, you know, how much he does, and he's not powerful at all, you right. know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he has martial arts, he has gimmicks and tricks, and he's smart, but, man, I mean, and basically... Lots of, lots of money. Yeah, lots. I mean, it's <laughs> the superpower, though. With him, yeah. and just like Iron Man, yes, they always joke about it's the money. It's not just the money, it's the intelligence behind it. They're using yeah. their, their smarts to beat yeah. you. Yeah, definitely. That's I, I agree with that. So I guess that's you're setting up your picks now. Is number five okay. going to be somebody that doesn't have powers? Uh no, actually they they are. Uh, it's a team, and they do have powers. Okay. Uh, it's one that struck me uh, as as a very uh, dangerous team. Okay, uh, and that would be the Marauders. The Marauders. Okay, yeah. Uh, they the work ones that battled uh, Wolverine, right? Is that right? Yes, they work for Mister Sinister, mm -hmm. and uh, those are the ones that were killing the Morlocks. Mm -hmm. And um, the underground uh, dwell uh, mutant dwellers, right? Yeah, yeah, the ones that that, that hang out in the uh, sewers, like the Ninja Turtles or something. <laughs> <laughs> Except there's yeah, no uh, Master Splinter, huh? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them have have you know deformities and stuff that even though they have powers. They, they can't hide their stuff as, as good as, you know, Scott or Gene or somebody, you know? Mm -hmm. They're more like Wolverine because Wolverine, obviously, he can hide his claws, but when they pop out, people can see that he's a mutant. Yes. Uh, it's not like, you know, some of the other mutants that you can't see their powers, you know? If they don't use them, you can't see them. Right. You know, if Sunspot doesn't turn into Sunspot, you, you don't know anything about that he's a mutant. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Okay, that's a good point. I remember that they were uh, being super vicious and and hardcore and killing little kids and and like they chopped down uh, they caught a nightcrawler off guard and chopped him down and and, wow. and he's dying and Colossus walks in and he's getting all these things stuck in him with with hurricane force and he breaks the guy's neck and kills him wow. and that's Colossus the voice yeah. of reason. <laughs> yeah, usually not a hothead or anything like that, right? Oh no, but yeah, he he, uh, he matched Wolverine's ferocity in that that uh, setting. Now, who's the who's the leader? I guess of the Marauders. Is there a leader with them? Uh, the main. Guy? Well, you know, there's a guy that's in charge. I forgot his name. I think it's Harpoon. But mm -hmm. I mean, the the main bad guy that's actually sent them there was Mister Sinister. Yeah, he's trying to weed out the weak. That's what he's doing. Which he looks just like Colossus with like a blue outfit and cape on. Yes, he looks like Colossus' <laughs> evil brother or, or maybe from an alternate uh, dimension, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
I guess they, they didn't they didn't uh, have too much uh, uh, like original I guess original artwork for that guy. Maybe they had just had a sketch of Colossus and said, "Okay." Yeah, basically, just... he was like uh, a Mortal Kombat ninja or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's a pilot swap. You know? Right. <laughs> like Ryu and Ken, or or like uh, even Strife and Cable. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. But well, cool. Strife is as uh, is intriguing as uh, Mister Sinister was. And uh, the, one of the storylines that I was mentioning before is that uh, I remember them going against Wolverine, and his uh, his healing factor was pretty much put to the test or put to the very limit because take of, it you know, to the limit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they 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 almost killed him. Correct? Oh yeah, they had him on the X. They had him on a big X, like crucified, and uh, he yanked himself off of there, and uh, and and uh, Jubilee helps him. That's like yeah. the introduction to Jubilee in the comics, and uh, she's hiding from them, of course, a mutant also, Jubilation Lee. And well, uh, you, know, you you think you think that uh, his uh, healing factor, if they would have done this back in the day when his healing factor was more adept, then this this wouldn't have made a difference. It, yeah. It's just now that it's, it's been so many years, and he's like two hundred years old. Yeah, it's com- It's kind of like the in Logan, the movie Logan, where his healing factor is so weak and dwindled by that point uh if they had fought him the people at the end which i guess was that supposed to be at the marauders or was that kind of their version of it <sighs> kind no, of, that, uh, was, that was a bad script at the end you know that they, yeah. they, they bring out a, a, a what they should have done is they should have had deadpool or somebody like that omega red or somebody would have been a great choice to end wolverine right uh, because you know Wolverine could still could have won, but had gotten bad wounds just the same way. You, you don't fight yourself. That's so damn cliche. We've seen it so many damn times. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, you're talking about the clone they make. I was I was talking about the guy with the the metal hand and all those other guys that are sent after them. That's kind of no, like they a, couldn't. a cheap they, they, version of the Marauders or whatever. Yeah, they're the cheap version of them, man. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. Well, one good thing about that movie was uh, the the uh, the clone, the daughter. Yeah, she was X twenty three. She was yeah. awesome. Yeah, she's definitely a good. You know, we'll have to uh, include that in one of our lists later. But I think that is uh, definitely a good movie. There, they did a good job on that. And uh, well, I guess I'll give you my number five. My number five on the list is Venom. See, uh, I was going to include him, but I was thinking, you know, because he's kind of a quasi superhero. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's a, uh, what is it, an anti-hero? Yeah, anti-hero, kind of like the Punisher, and kind of like Loki sometimes. Uh, there's guys that do some good sometimes. Everybody does some good sometimes. But, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, with him is I was looking more, I know they've made a movie about him. I know they've kind of changed some comics, you know, kind of like you say, make him an anti-hero. But I remember the more, the older um, Spider-Man cart, uh, comic books and he was pretty much just this evil thing that would eat this alien symbiote that would eat humans and do all kinds of now they kind of they kind of uh, hint at that or touch on that a little bit in the movies but um, but he's real brutal in the earlier comics and uh, as a villain to Spider-Man when Eddie Brock who is the one that is possessed or is in unison with the symbiote Alien. Uh, he has uh, this immense hatred for Spider-Man and for 
Uh, they end up yeah. hating Peter Parker and stuff yeah, like that. Come so. on, dude. You know what? You lost your job and you blame it on Peter Parker. Really? Really? That's your big <laughs> thing you're going to go after about? You know, okay, you may be mad at him in a month. Just let it go. Yeah. You know, he, he, uh, like, uh, what's it called? Harry Osborne. He should be really mad at Peter because, you know, Peter and his dad were fighting it and he got he got killed. He blames Peter. Okay, I understand that. It's a death. That's totally different. Dude, yeah. You lost your job. Find another one. What the heck? Yeah, yeah. One guy killed your father, who was the Green Goblin, versus yeah. you lost your job at the Daily. You yeah. <laughs> That's uh, a good you point. Spilled, you spilled a drink in my backseat. Oh, I'll never forgive you. What? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think what I like about Venom, too, is uh, in terms of his powers, uh, he's pretty cool the way he can change, you know, to make himself look like someone else or make make it look like clothing. They kind of, there's a what if where the, the suit gets on Frank Castle, the Punisher. So it makes, yeah. in the comics, and it makes the Punisher skull, and he actually makes, like, projectiles, like guns. Yeah, like bullets. Shoot. Yeah. yeah. And so, because we see him use the the suit as webbing, where he doesn't yeah. have to refill the web shooters. Like, and where uh, did that webbing come from? It's obviously not part of Venom's body. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, I guess he's able to generate so much stuff or whatever. I don't know. But, yeah, and maybe uh, he's able to produce certain things. Yeah, yeah. Something he can. Maybe it's a waste or something. Who knows? But I think it's pretty cool. He's he's definitely one of the cooler characters. Uh, there's a couple of what ifs. It kind of hit, um, steered me this way too. Is where he gets on the Hulk, he gets oh, on yeah. Thor, he gets you know that's when he's become real powerful and taking everybody's powers. So and it's funny because the suit's origins are from Secret Wars, where they the in the comic books all the heroes are are taken to fight on this faraway uh, planet uh, by the Beyonder, and yeah. uh, and they and his during the course of battle. Spider-Man's suit gets damaged, and if I remember, pieces. yeah, and if I remember correctly, he reaches into, he wants to get into the machine. I think he asks Thor, who who gets another cape. And he said, "Hey, where'd you get your cape? Oh, go down there. This machine does this for you." But he goes yeah. to the wrong machine, and he touches this. I don't know why it's there. It's kind of like, "Mom, Dad, don't touch it. It's evil. It's evil." From uh, Time Bandits. It's so, smoldering. Yeah, your wondering. house burned down. Why would you yeah. touch it? Why would you touch it? And that's kind of the thing. He he goes and touches this black thing that's there. You're thinking that's the machine, and it gets on him. And he's like, "Whoa!" His spider sense goes off in the comic books. It goes off to tell, to warn him, but yeah. then it goes away once it's bonded with him. And he thinks it's a new. That's how Spider-Man gets his, which everyone that I know of loves that black suit with the with the white spider. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Except for the one that they tried to do in Spider-Man Three, which was a train wreck to begin with. But uh, that that seventies Venom, I hate that seventies Venom. Stupid. Oh they yeah, they should have never used Topher, Topher Grace. Topher Grace, that seventies Venom. That's pretty Walt good. Topher Grace, awful. <laughs> they should have never had him. Sandman should have been the only bad guy in that movie. Yeah, yeah, I he agree. With the you movie. Some, that's Sony's fault, though. Yeah, they, they, they got with the director, Sam Raimi. They pressured him. They wanted Venom in the movie, and it just was very poorly cast. They didn't do that well. Tom Hardy Venom. Yeah, Tom yeah big, stocky guy, you know, yes. a rough, kind of a rough neck type of guy, and, and it just didn't do it well. Having a little, I mean, Topher Grace kind of like a scrawny type of guy. Uh, exactly. Just a big mistake. That's how Tom Spider-Man Hardy's looks. Tom Hardy's not Bane. I'm sorry. Tom Hardy's not Bane, and... and 
Tom Hardy is not Mad Max. Tom Hardy is Venom. That's that's his role he was born to play. Oh yeah, let's not get started on that Bane thing with Batman. Stupid Bane Connery. Ugh. Batman Part Three, the the awful, the end of it all. Night rises. Yeah, we have we have two Part Threes there that we talked about: Spider Man Three and Batman Three, which you know the new Christopher Nolan ones that are just horrible movies, I think. So, but I give you this. As much as I hated Batman 3, I'd rather watch that than watch Spider-Man 3. I mean, that's like pick your poison. They're both bad. But well, anyway. No, Ben Connery was awful. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's like if, if you can just skip those parts. But on Spider-Man, you can't really skip a lot of it. It's like it's pretty much all bad. I mean, it's just like, man, there's nothing really Me good personally, here. this new uh, Venom, this, this – uh, I, I didn't like that he had to fight a whole bunch of uh, symbiotes at the end of the movie. That's that's kind of lame. That's like Flash fighting uh, speedsters every single damn season. You know, oh, I mean. Okay. Have you seen the it, new one? Then you've seen the new. No, I seen the I seen the original one. I, I, I'm, I'm talking about the original one where he has all the different uh, symbiotes he fights at the end, or, or he fights that oh, big okay. symbiote or whatever. But yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, well, this new one looks pretty good with Carnage, who, you know, I'm sure you comic geeks out there know. I mean, uh, Carnage is born of Venom. It's a, it's a symbiote also that gets on, uh, is it Cletus Cassidy is his name? Correct? Cletus Cassidy, serial killer. A serial killer, who plays, looks like in the movie is played by Woody Harrelson, who's usually Woody Harrelson, stuff. yeah. So this looks like a pretty good one, maybe... When it comes out, we'll do a review on it. But I think that's uh, that looks like a promising movie. I did yeah. I did like the Venom movie. I thought it was pretty good. It wasn't you know it wasn't the greatest ever, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't, ben, it, it, Venom was better than Captain Marvel for sure. Yeah, yeah, and definitely better than Spider Man Three. We were talking about it a little bit. Oh, it was better than Black on. Widow as well. Yeah, Black Widow was okay. Yeah, you're right. I really didn't care for that one either. Uh, so let me start on. I'm, let me go on my list now. I'm at number four. My number four is Magneto. Ah, okay. Magneto. Uh, I just think for all the things that he's done, not only in the comics and I factor in the movies too, uh, which he he was great in the in the films that they made. Um, the older one, played by Sir Ian McKellen, he was pretty cool, but I care for a little bit more for the younger one. Um, I just thought that those movies were done pretty well. Um, the the whole like kind of the Days of Future Past thing and all that. I, I just Days think they did a good Future job. Past is one of the better uh, X Men movies and X Men Two. I think by far my, one of my favorites is X Men Two. But I love Days of Future Past. It's just like but Armageddon uh, uh, Apocalypse where it comes right after that, and it's like eh, it was okay. You know, oh, and then yeah, yeah. awful, awful. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really care for that. Uh, but Magneto, played by uh, Michael Fassbender, who does, who also played the um, android on the, uh, I guess alien. the prequels. Yeah, uh, the Alien. The, uh, was it? Uh, golly, it's it's all the tip of my tongue. Prometheus. Pr- Prometheus. Yeah. <laughs> An yeah, Alien was, Covenant. Yeah, he played the. He did a good job as the android on there too. But he's a great actor. Uh, he did a great job as a as a young Magneto. But but getting to the comics also, you know, he works with Professor X. He's originally kind of a good guy here. He's trying to do what's you know he's on. He kind of has the same vision as Charles, but gets disillusioned by the way humans are um, 
you know, bigots. They they say, okay, they don't want anything to do with those muties. They don't want anything to do with people that are pure human. And he takes a different stance, whereas Charles tries to reach out and change people's minds. Uh, Magneto says, I'm going to forcefully change your mind or, you know, I'll just rip out your mind. <laughs> I don't, it's just one of those things where, you know, he sees this violence is the answer. And he's very protective of his fellow mutants. He doesn't want to kill a mutant if he didn't have to. Um, but he's definitely a very formidable foe. And he's had some run-ins with our, our one of our favorite adamantium-laced heroes in uh, Wolverine, which has been a pretty cool um, fight between them two. I still remember a fight between him and I don't know if you remember when Spider-Man had the powers of Captain Universe in the comic books. And Magneto is... Uh, he has one of those big magnets that's for picking up cars in a junkyard mm-hmm. and it's already a powerful magnet so he makes it even more powerful and as spider-man's very you know we have iron and stuff in our blood and things like that he he's drawing that into the into the magnet and and because he's trying to stop captain universe which is spider-man with all these cosmic powers and he pulls him to the uh, magnet and it's stopping him for a while but all 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 spider-man has to do is touch the magnet and he turns it into glass and shatters it because he can transmute any yeah. type of uh, material he can just change things he can change glass into gold or in this case changing a, a a metal big metal magnet into just glass and it shatters it easily so something like that that's a cool storyline if you guys haven't read that where spider-man gets uh, Captain Universe's powers. It's like a, a cosmic power where he's oh, yeah. can, can do all these things. He fights Hulk, <laughs> the Gray Hulk at that time. He yeah, I, I, Mr. Fixit. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Fixit, right? Which is the, uh, what the Hulk went by under the under that uh, when he was Gray Hulk. Because he's he had, Gray Hulk, but he's not stupid. He's he's real he, snarky and arrogant. Yeah, yeah. He's got he's got smarts to him. Not like the way they did him on uh, the the new movies the marvel movies when the last in end game where he's he's talking he's like Hulk, but he's uh he's kind of punier yeah he just seemed real lame to be honest with you i did not care for that but um anyway i digress but that's kind of where he fights him spider-man when he's when he's captain universe he fights so there's a bunch of people he fights but i remember that because magneto was one of the ones trying to stop him and he was having some success but obviously you can't Captain Universe, forget it. I mean, it's like trying to fight like the Beyonder we talked about in Marvel, um, or like Thanos with the with the <laughs> Infinity Stones. I mean, forget it. I mean, just yeah, not- you basically have to talk him off the ledge. Like, dude, hey, this ain't worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, what is your uh, what is your number four on your list? Mine would be Doctor Doom. Mm, excellent. Yeah, good Dr. choice. Doctor Doom was dude. He literally. You know, tried to basically uh, defeat the Beyonder and steal his powers. Yeah, he's fought Mephisto. He's fought uh, Galactus. I mean, come on, dude, who's more <laughs> powerful than this guy? Holy the, crap! Yeah, Galactus, the world eater. He's a, a celestial being. You know, he's one of the most powerful beings in the Marvel universe, along with the Beyonder, who was probably the most powerful. And uh, yeah, because basically he's the universe. Yeah, the Beyonder. Yeah. The Beyonder is a cosmic cube, so basically he's a universe in a, in compressed form. And and Doctor Doom was there, like you say, trying to steal his power, trying to tap into it. 
Yeah, he was using his armor to try to absorb all of his power. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. But that's how <laughs> awesome Dr. Doom is. He's smart. He's brilliant. The unmitigated gall of this villain to try to take this uh, powerful, um, um, looks like omnipotent, uh, omniscient, and all-powerful being, and he trying to take his power with his armor. Yeah, that's that's Dr. Doom. That's Dr. Victor Von Doom. Well, that's that's interesting that you have him as your uh, number four because that's my number three. So I'll just add in on that and chime in and say that yeah, he's pretty powerful. The good thing, the cool thing about Doctor Doom is that when you think that you're defeating him, it ends up being what one of his uh, bots. Yeah, one of his robots. Because he his, slipped away when when yeah. you took your eyes off him or he went around the corner, as one of his bots stepped in and and yeah. he's already gone. Yeah, he probably like, took what he came for. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like when you fight an Ultron. You think you're defeating Ultron, but it's one of Ultron's, you know, bots or whatever. It's one of the... It was him in. His consciousness was in there, but it wasn't really him. And that's kind of what Doom can do. Doom can be in one of these bots where you think, oh, okay, I got him. But then when you try to rip his mask off or whatever, or you think you've killed him, it's one of the bots. It's one of the robots. You're like, oh, man. Got away and one of the danger, most dangerous things about him, you know, is if you uh, come against him and you're you're a bad guy yourself, yeah, he he could join the heroes and, and help defeat you easy. Because oh, yeah. I mean, come on, dude, if he can already do this as a bad guy, if he joins up with the heroes, forget it, you're you're done. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're you're exactly right, and he's very protective. Of Latveria, where he's uh, basically the ruler, the king, the emperor, or whatever. And um, he, I would say this whenever you're, you have a character in him that was almost Sorcerer Supreme. A lot yeah. of people don't know that about it. He, he has, he knows magic. He can cast spells and knows magic. So uh, the, he was right there along with, on the sides of uh, Doctor Strange and. Baron Mordo and uh, uh, even the 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 ancient one um, in terms of magic. I mean, he's right there. He's he, yeah, he, he could have been trying one to get his mother back because his yeah. mother's in hell. He's trying to get her spirit from hell. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's uh, definitely a formidable foe. So I would agree with you on that. And and who is your number three? Uh my number three. I know this seems silly because you said like the power doesn't matter, but Thanos. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it had to, Thanos has to be on your top five list. Uh, I mean, to me, is if it's all Marvel, uh, yeah. because gosh, just look at him. You know, I think uh, he wouldn't have been able to beat the Hulk without the Power Stone for sure. sure. He knows some moves and stuff, but the Hulk gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And without that Power Stone, had he fought the Hulk with nothing in his gauntlet he would have got his butt kicked yeah I agree with you and are, you, are you referring to the Hulk in the comics or the uh, even on the movie when he when he runs at him starts beating up on him uh, on Thor's ship yeah. had he not had the power stone no that, he, he could have tried to beat up on Hulk it would just made him matter and matter he had the power stone that's why he won yeah you're not winning without that power stone, dude. That's the Hulk. Yeah, they did. I did like that on the how they made Hulk pretty strong there, and also on Thor Ragnarok. And the only reason that 
Thor technically wins is he's using his Odin power. I mean, Odin power is up there in terms of, uh, you know, this cosmic power that's way beyond people's uh, comprehension in the in these in this universe, this Marvel universe, and the comics. In fact, they were saying, um, and a lot of the uh, descriptions of Thanos, how he's been amassing these stones throughout the Marvel movies, that he didn't. Uh, attack when Odin was alive. He didn't attack when uh, Hela was there, which you know she's she gets released in Thor Ragnarok. But he he couldn't defeat them. You know, there's no way he he couldn't be able to beat them. They're that strong. So once they're out of the picture, then he obtains these stones, and then he's you know he didn't have the stones to get the stones, but now <laughs> but now he has them, and it's like oh man, okay, and that's the only reason. That Thor, once he gets his new axe, he's yeah. able to, you know, he has Odin's power at this point. And it's like, okay, there's only like a few people that can beat him, which I'd have no problem with it being Captain Marvel, except that I didn't like how they did the character, how she's the most powerful, whatever. I mean, that's kind of lame, but if you're just looking at the comics, yeah, definitely have a shot. Adam Warlock would have a shot. She'd have a shot. Thor would have a shot. And realistically, put these people together, and you can take them down. Doctor Strange, I mean, come on. Doctor Strange almost defeats him, and he's got what four of them at that point? Yeah. Five of them? I don't know. And no, no, so he, a, he had, he had uh, three of them, I think. Yeah. So and he gets, like, then he gets uh, Doctor Strange's stone. Then he goes and gets the one out of Vision's head. For some go. reason, Vision doesn't fight at all. For some reason, like what? Why would you just give up, dude? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You can turn well, intangible and put your hand in his heart and kill him. What, what are you doing? Yeah, or what is the one that they're always talking about? Ant Man going yeah, up Ant-Man his going inside. Yeah, Ant Man could have went in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, and just turned big. Killed yeah, him. yeah, killed him. It'd have been over, right? Well, you know, it's too easy. Then be there'd be no story. So I guess that's why they don't do stuff like that. Because we always wonder. It's kind of like when you watch one of these movies where it's a thriller. The lady's running away from the killer. And, she always has but, to fall down. She always. Well, you know, they the could have had that. They could have had that idea, uh, but you had to have the setup to be able to, uh, what's called, go into the negative zone and the whole thing about time and stuff. They had to do that to be able to bring everybody back. Yeah. So yeah. that's why they didn't do the use the Ant Man thing. But what they could have done in a different way is uh, he tries to jump into Thanos's mouth, like I said, and he's going to turn big, and everybody's like, "Ugh, that's bad. That's terrible. Why are you going to do that?" You know. But we got to save the universe. And he does it, and Thanos just puts him in the negative zone or whatever. You know, he puts him in the other dimension. You see? Yeah, I got that, you. You could have done that too, but then he would have no way home because you had to have the truck, and the rat touches the thing and opens them up. You know, the the van or whatever, the ugly van. <laughs> that pa 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 pa. Right. That's a, yeah. <laughs> like cucaracha. <And> the cucaracha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was cool. I really like those Ant Man films, to be honest, especially the first one. I thought that was a really good well done movie and um of course having michael douglas on a movie i mean what i mean that's michelle pfeiffer yeah what great both of them both great actors and it's like pretty cool to see that and and i i definitely enjoyed those so i guess it's going to number two now and my number two on this list is you talked about sometimes being kind of an anti-hero he sometimes does some good he's the god of mischief loki so I think to me in terms of the way they wrote him in the comics the way he's always there no matter what you just can't ever seem to kill him or beat him 
And in terms of power, he is powerful. And he uh, he just has these plans. He wants to be the ruler of Asgard and the ruler of Midgard. Now, because the only reason I'm assuming he doesn't really care about Earth, but it's just because Thor loves the people of Earth. And, uh, you know, he's fallen in love with Jane Foster. So he's like, okay, well, I want that too. So this yeah. is a sibling rivalry to the very maximum with these two. They, uh, him and Thor, definitely going back and forth. I love Tom, uh, Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, Tom that, Hiddleston. Yeah, he does a great job as as Loki in the in the movies, and uh, they had the series. There was some hits and misses on that, but I, I think he just does as far as an actor, great job. Yeah, with the him. movie's great. The movie's yeah. great. I mean, uh, you know, I, I liked it. Uh, that uh, he really cared about his mom, uh, even though she was a foster mom, basically to him, and yeah. uh, he really did, in the, his deep deep of his heart, really did care about them. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, even even his dad, right? As much as he talks trash about, yeah. Yeah, I'm not your son, blah blah blah. But when is in Thor Ragnarok, when he finally goes, "Hey, my sons," you know, and it's kind of a tearjerker where he's saying goodbye to both of them, and he's visibly upset by it. That's his father. That's a that's a man that's raised him and loved him. It's not his biological father. Yeah, not his biological father, but like you say, even as his adopted father and just like his mother, adopted mother, he does love them. He's just you know he's how he is. He's a trickster. It's in his nature. But uh, yeah, definitely, um, really great, compelling characters. I think I'm thinking of a couple of uh, comic book series that I remember reading where. Basically, it talks about how he's doomed to fail, doomed to lose. It's just how is his, that's his destiny, that he's never going to be able to be uh, a king. He's never going to be able to defeat Thor. He's never going to, but it's because inside he's conflicted. He doesn't really want that because he really does care about them, does love them. So he's kind of the anti-hero in a way that we do need, kind of like you mentioned about Venom and yeah. maybe even Dr. Doom where he'll step in. Dr. Doom will do something good if it, it's going to better everyone, but then he's going to try to turn it right then and there where he can and get that power. Like he, yeah, just might honest. use it to make himself look good. You know, that's the other thing. His ego. <laughs> yeah, definitely his ego. And so who do you have as your number two? Well, mine, you mentioned him earlier, Magneto. I oh, thought Magneto excellent. should be higher on the list, even though like one of the first times he was ever shown, it was, uh, he was driving a stupid Magneto mobile. Uh, to the the Baxter building, uh, which uh-huh. was totally awful. It's like he stops at the gas station to, to tell the guy he doesn't need gas for his vehicle. Like, well, why would you even stop then? What that makes no sense. But no, I, I think uh, his, his whole thing about being a villain, he could be a terrible, terrible villain. He could be ruthless. He's not really that ruthless. Yes, yeah. he's he's mean. You know, yes, he he's wants to treat humans like lesser subjects. But dude, literally, this guy can pull down planes from the sky and kill people, and he doesn't do that. Yeah, you know. I but man, he's always been a foil to uh, the X Men. He's always uh, been there and done some pretty outlandish things and, and led the Brotherhood of Evil, Evil Mutants and all that. Uh, I just think that uh, he he's one of the more dangerous, uh, definitely. Of the mutants, especially like when you see like what like you said about the uh, iron in the blood earlier. Remember when uh, Mystique injected that guard with the iron? 
Mm-hmm. And he yeah, that's right. of them. And he's throwing yeah. those balls everywhere, and they're just going through people, cutting them up and killing them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely can be ruthless. And, and, and talk about a just an awesome power to be able to control, you know, metals with the, the intense magnetism and being able to master that. I mean, you can wreak havoc, and he does. Oh, remember, remember when he kills uh, what's his face, uh, Sebastian, Sebastian Shaw, right? No, yeah, no, no, Sebastian Shaw, the yeah. from the Hellfire Club. Yeah, yeah. When he puts that quarter through his head, killed oh, Kevin Bacon. Yes, yes. That's brutal, dude. Brutal. Yes, yeah, he does it slowly too. When he goes after all those Nazis, that was one of my favorite parts. Yeah, and that like was said, which that one was that? Uh, which one was that one? That was X Men. Which one? That uh, was actually in first class. First class, that's, that's right. That's when they had the whole missile crisis, the Cuban missile yes. crisis and everything. And that's I, where Charles gets uh, injured. His spine gets injured. Yeah, right? he gets hit by a, a bullet in the spine. Yeah, that's just... Yeah. And that sets up the Professor X we know as the guy in the wheelchair. Although they had a ridiculous reason for him being bald <laughs> in the movies because yeah. he gets burned or whatever when he's uh, they, uh, was it Apocalypse or something it's a stupid thing that they do on there I forget what it is and I was like what and then they they show him on a reveal and I was like I had to, I audibly laughed out loud because he looked ridiculous I didn't yeah, even know the, why the, they had to the worst thing they ever sh- could have done was put what's her face is uh, Mystique uh, because uh, gosh she Jennifer got Lawrence? the yeah, she got the Hunger Games movie, and she got all self-important, man. Gosh. <laughs> I mean, seriously, dude. I mean, if, if you watch the last uh, X-Men movie, it was so bad. It made the original bad Phoenix movie look good. Yeah. And that movie's yeah. awful. Yeah, I know. That's one of your most hated films is the X-Men 3 Last Stand, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty bad. Famke Jensen as the as Jean Grey on there, which she did a good job as her, except that movie was just horrible. So, so who who uh, who is as strong as Professor X? You know, as a psychic, you know, of course Jean Grey is up there, but without the Phoenix Force, she's not going to be able to beat him. But mm-hmm. but in this movie, she is the Phoenix Force. She basically already has it inside of her. She just yeah. doesn't know yet. Like what? Duh. Yeah, they, you know. This is the I whole way. I don't have to train or anything kind of crap. Yeah. There's I no think, set, there's no destination. Yeah, I think that's part of that is probably like we talked about in Spider-Man 3. There has to be some producers putting their two cents in because people start doing a story and this is what happens in Hollywood. You you'll have a story, it does great, they love it, it makes money. You didn't spend that much to begin with. You made a ton of money. And then all of a sudden, the producers start, who are financing the movie, say, hey, uh, let's make another one. And we made $400 million on this. It only costs us $80 million. We made $400 million. I mean, that's a lot of money, right? But I mean, still, to them, they make an 80 they make 400 They say, okay, look, I think we can make $800 million on the next one. And we'll just we'll up the budget to 150 but we're going to need you to add these things into them. And as a director or as a guy doing the screenplay or whatever, you're pretty much told that you're going to get this money, uh, but you have to do these things. And if you don't do it, then no money. And the movie's not going to happen. 
So now your hands are tied. Like we were saying yesterday in the podcast, my hands are tied. Yeah. <laughs> you shut me down. Uh, talking about from the movie uh, Copland. Copland, yeah. Robert De, Robert De Niro. But that's what happens is they, they say, okay, what we're going to want you to do now is all this. And using this example with Spider-Man, we want Venom in the movie. And then Sam Raimi's, uh, well, no, I don't want that. I, in fact, this is focused on Sam. Sandman, Sandman is boring. People want to see Venom. We want Venom. And we got the perfect guy to play him, Topher Grace. The guy from that yeah. 70s show? Yeah. He's We already got funny. the tie-ins and everything. What's that? They already had the tie-ins, merchandising. They already had it set up. With Merchand- merchandising. <laughs> yeah, they already had it set up. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, and this is what happens. And so you you have a movie that was, you know, was going to be great. They already had it planned. The the guy that writes the screenplay probably already had it ready. Kind of how you have the Godfather, Godfather Two with Mario Puzo, and and that that's that was ready to go. And I don't know what happened with Part Three, but you have them ready to go. Well, that Just was like, years later. Part Three yeah. was years later. And that's then, why. And then Superman One and Two were right, you know, like filmed at the same time. This is ready to go, and that's fine. But then you have somebody that just changes, changes course, and says, "No, nah, let's do this and this and this," because they they're such geniuses. They have such, and I say that air quotes, geniuses, that they had this fabulous, brilliant idea to do this, and then the movie, rightfully so, tanks. It bombs. People hate it. It's dumb. It's stupid. People hate it. And they say, "Oh, what were you thinking?" And the blame is going to go to whom? It's not going to go to the producer. You think they're whoever Tom Johnson or whoever did this is going to get the blame? No, it's going to be Sam Raimi. It's going to be the guy that was the director. This movie is awful. What were you thinking? Uh, why would you cast Topher Grace as him? He's a scrawny guy. Why would you put him as Venom? No offense to Topher Grace. He's a slim guy. If he wants to play, you know, a slim character, all offense fine. to Topher Grace. He offends me. <laughs> His existence offends you, but yeah. So this is what happens, I think. So if you look at X Men, X Men Three, I'm sure some of that went on because you, it can't be that much of a train wreck. Well, no, they got Brett freaking Ratner, Rush yeah. Hour guy. Some people could just kids cannot do superhero movies. Some people can. They just do it easily, and some well, yeah. people are awful. Yeah, no, I know he took it over, but what I'm saying is, I think what happened is. Once they bring on somebody like him, at this point, maybe he's a yes man that says, "Okay, yeah, whatever you guys want, I'm going to do it." And that kind of leads me to be: if you have a director change like that, um, some bad things can happen. As you've probably plenty of movies you've seen where yeah. it's a different directors just not good. You know, you know what happens? Uh, the one that you had that actually made the first two good movies goes off and makes a terrible Superman movie, and then the other guy you got <laughs> makes a terrible X Men movie. So it's oh, terrible yeah. all around. I don't know, dude. Yeah, you're talking about Superman, uh, Superman, ever. Superman Returns? Yeah, dude. Uh, uh, seriously, yeah. I, I like the actor who played Superman, but dude. Brandon Routh, uh, he, yeah. He carried a island of kryptonite into space. How? <laughs> well, How, yeah, that, that that is pretty dumb. Yeah, I agree with you on there. I, well, I, I get near a small sliver of, of kryptonite. I'm on my butt, but no, dude, I'm going to carry this whole thing into outer space. What? Just not a very good movie. Just not a very good. Just bottom line. I remember going, taking my daughter to see that because I grew up with the original, uh, with ones with the late great Christopher Reeve, where were great. I, I, with the exception of four, even three is campy and has some funny nonsense in it. But I, I'd watch it simply for him 
see him fighting himself with Clark Kent. What's the matter, chicken? Yeah, but part one and two, excellent movies. And then you go, you go and make this train wreck. And I took my daughter to the movie theater. I remember the credits were coming on. You're hearing the great score from John Williams, and you're like, "Wow, this is going to be great!" The Superman, bam, 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 bam. Like, all right. And then you're just waiting for the movie to get good, and it never happens. And it's like, oh man, oh, yeah, just when he's dropping the ball. Fly the girl into space and puts her on the moon and starts fighting Superman. What's protecting her? Maybe you <laughs> created a force field around her when you flew her up to the the moon, but now she's like. In outer space, you'd freeze instantly and then pop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, let's get back to the list. I guess you said your number two, which was Magneto, my number one, and I think if I haven't, I, I heard you heard him on your list earlier. You got to go with Thanos. Thanos definitely for me, number one. And the reason I put him there is even without the Infinity Stones, he's powerful. He's a、uh, He's a titan. He's one of those guys that is,、uh, you know, just up there in terms of power. He's super strong, like the Hulk. Not as strong as the Hulk, obviously. We talked about that, but super strong, like him. Big dude. He's about as strong as maybe Thor, like physical. Yeah. Yeah. So he,、uh, he's up there. It's like yeah, Thor fighting Hulk. Yeah. So he's up there,、um, diabolical, and you know, nuts. It is. It's common. It's so、uh, similar to the anti-life equation. Type of craziness that Darkseid has in the DC universe. This is his type of thing in the Marvel, where he feels that if he takes half the people out, that's his rationality is that he's helping the other half, not even、What? thinking about the the death that and that he's、uh, they're just it's just numbers. It's just a numbers、yeah. game for him. And well, so, that's the movie version. His remember the original Kalu version. He was、yeah. trying to、uh, actually impress the epitome of death. The actual. Uh, representation、yes. of death. Yeah, death in the comic books.、Uh, for you guys that have not read it, is、uh, a female, and it's one of the celestial beings, and he's up there in power. So he's trying to impress her by wreaking all this havoc and causing all this death. And there's the celestial beings that they talked about doing in the movies, but they just didn't think it would translate well. But you have Mephisto, which is like the underworld lord,、uh, Blackheart, who's of him, which is kind of a similar. Character, like his son. Yeah, his son. He's up. You know, he's born of him, and he has. Uh, uh, and you have Galactus, which we talked about before, the World Eater.、Uh, and then I don't know if you know about the What If comics and the TV series they have on uh, uh, Uatu, who is the Watcher. Watcher. Yeah. And, and so you have all these different celestial beings. Eternity. Yes, and they do bring up one in the movies, Ego, which、yeah. is played by the great、uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah, did a great job in that good movie,、um, Guardians of the Galaxy Two, and so you don't see a lot of that. But yes, in the comics, it's different. But factoring in the comics, factoring in the movies, all together, super powerful. And obviously, once, I mean, the 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 power it takes to even wield the Infinity Gauntlet, to even wield these gems,、uh, to inf-、uh, the Infinity Stones, and then the fact that he does it in the comics, of course, which is where they get the movies from. But he's able to do it. He's able to accomplish this task, which no one has been able to do. Not get them all. Yeah. And so, yeah, it just shows you the power that you're dealing with, and then the the cunning, the, the just just very very intelligent, very intelligent. It's like you're dealing with a mindless brute. I mean, he's 
He's uh, yeah, very yeah. intelligent. He's a very calculating, uh, like general. I yeah. mean, he he's up there with Khan and uh, the uh, I forgot who the guy was. Uh, the guy for Part Six of Star Trek. Real oh, brilliant tactician, General Chang. <laughs> yes, they're br- brilliant tacticians. Because tell you what, you know, yes, he he used the the power gym against the Hulk. But he was using divisive strikes and hitting him in certain locations where it would make Hulk's arm not work correctly. Yes, he, I, that was he, pretty he knew cool. What he was doing. Yeah, you know, it's like Superman fighting somebody. If somebody knows how to fight and they're equal strength. They're gonna beat up Superman because he didn't know how to fight. Yeah, he's not a trained fighter. He's not a trained fighter. Kind of like we, we, I think we mentioned you and I. We've talked before uh, about Spider-Man not having any combat powers. Where if he was trained, I mean, he would totally just mop the floor of people but he's just relying on his reflexes his instinct his spider sense and he's still a formidable foe but if he had really formal training i mean forget it if he was trained by assassins like black widow or or whomever or or punisher type fighting forget it i mean it'd be over Mm -hmm. so yeah so i think that's a that's definitely a good i like how you put that with him uh thanos being uh, a calculated calculating type of person a master tactician i agree with that a master a master strategist so who's yeah your... i mean oh yeah oh, well, one more thing he he even remember uh during the uh what's called the infinity war uh in the comics he even powered himself down to fight everybody he didn't yes. fight with full strength he powered himself down to almost nothing and then yes. fought everybody yes and they You're almost right. beat him but he yeah. he was fighting him without powers basically yeah showing you how how strong he is how powerful he is definitely so who is your uh, number numero uno senor and this surprised me this guy was not on your list okay he's uh i mean he's not the one that they showed on the into the spider-verse crap he doesn't throw cars but the kingpin oh yeah you know i almost had him on my list um uh, I, I thought about it, but I already had a kind of a Spider-Man nemesis. I mean, heck, we could do this with Spider-Man. Spider-Man has so many enemies, but Kingpin is really enemies of multiple people, correct? I mean, Daredevil, yeah, like Spider-Man, Daredevil, uh, Punisher. Uh, Punisher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has quite a few in- enemies. So, I mean, that's a, that's a great pick. Other than the cartoon version of him throwing cars, pretty cool guy. Pretty strong, pretty powerful, but I mean, Man. not not like that. I mean, come well, on. like uh, again, he's he has like he's not he can't build things like Lex Luthor, okay? But he has the evil mind, the the uh, the genius of uh, business and stuff. He has yeah. business smarts. Yeah, yeah, he he's he's a brilliant, brilliant businessman. He just chose to be evil. He's chose to do things the the evil way and do things the wrong way. But if he had to, he could do them the right way. It just makes him more evil. It's just like how you said before about the Utah Jazz uh, amazing team but then they turn to the dark side and cheat it makes it even harder to beat them that's <laughs> so true I, I've told Johnny this many a times I, I, I used to watch the Utah Jazz and I was just amazed at their pick and roll Jerry Sloan, the late Jerry Sloan was their coach and they had this they had this play down the pick and roll and it's you know basically you hit, you kind of get in the way of another guy you pick him, get in front of him and the other guy rolls behind him and, and he makes the shot, he's wide open and these guys had mastered that. I mean, it was it was John Stockton and Carl Malone, two all stars, great players, 
and they had Hornacek, and they had uh, different players on the team. Ostertag was the center. Those guys were not the stars, but they had this these plays down so much where they did this every single time they went down the court. They didn't change it up. It was the pick and roll, the pick and roll. And you knew it was coming, but you couldn't stop it. And had they just done that, like Johnny was saying, they would still be fantastic. They'd be like all-stars, top playoff team. But the fact that they cheated on top of that i mean they hit you dirty they grab you and they can deny it all they want you can watch film on these guys that's what they did they just dirty flopping you know flopping is where you pretend to get fouled yeah Carl Malone, big big old self falling to the ground get out of here dude the well, guy's like guys, <laughs> guys like six nine or yeah little, little video and, matt maloney or somebody get knocked down yeah come on matt maloney ain't knocking your big ass down come on dude <laughs> So uh, yeah, that's that's a good that's a good way to put that. So it's yeah, you're right. It's Kingpin's kind of that way. He's already formidable. Then the fact that he's an evil mastermind that will stop at nothing and doesn't have any, uh, you know, conscience to do the right thing. He doesn't care. He's going to do whatever it takes to win. Well, well, he's already thought three or four steps ahead. Like yeah. I said, he can't develop technology, but he sure as hell has people in his employee that do that. He's this, bought the technology or stole it. Yeah. This is chess, not checkers, right? So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he knows. Exactly. He, knows. he has Tombstone and Hammerhead and all those people with him, too. <laughs> Hammerhead. Yeah, Hammerhead, ridiculous, right? Yeah, Tombstone's pretty cool on there. but And then uh, he, he uh, he's had his run-ins with uh, Spider-Man, with the Punisher. But I have to say his most memorable... I guess Nemesis has been Daredevil because I've seen him in the comic books lots of time dealing with Daredevil. And uh, he was played, I thought, very well in the uh, TV series Daredevil. Um, he was played very well by, uh, oh, it's escaping me his name. But um, he's I the guy that. The guy from Full Metal Jacket, the one who yeah. played the big guy. Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. yeah, I was about to look it up, but I remember it came to Once you said Full Metal Jacket, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's right. Law and Order Criminal Intent. Yeah, great. He was great on those two, and I just watched Full Metal Jacket. He, he's he was great on that. Actor. Great actor, but he, he does a great job as uh, Kingpin. In fact, I was reading an interview about him, and D'Onofrio had said that he is really hoping he's been hearing that they may use Kingpin for some upcoming movie or movies. And he's just like all in. Like he's not one of these actors that's like, oh, I'm not doing a comic book movie. You know the type. It's like, oh, it's a, it's beneath me. I, I was slumming while I did that. I don't want to do this again. He's like, no, I please tell me, I'm playing Kingpin again because I love that character and I love doing it. Which you, you'd love to see an, uh, an actor that says things like that, right? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Like Carl Urban with his uh, dread. He loves Dread. Yeah. He wants to play Dread no matter what. If they want and to make loves, another movie or show, he wants to do it. And he loves being Billy Butcher on The Boys. Uh, oh, yeah. He was great as, uh, as uh, what was it? Uh, Th- was it Thormir or, or o- Oamir? Boamir. I don't know. Oh, I can't remember. Uh, Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Rings, yeah. He was great at Also, who was the, uh, the guy on Ragnarok with the machine guns? Remember that guy? He, he's kind of sold out his people and then he decided oh, to yeah. at the end. Balder. Yeah, he right. played him yeah. too. Yeah, he did. That's right. Yeah, he, loved, he was uh, also he Riddick. Runs. Yeah, he was the Riddick. Riddick. He was the uh, the one the the guy that was trying to take over the bad guys thing, and Riddick basically yeah. gave it to him. Yeah, Riddick, Vin Diesel's Riddick. 
and uh, that yeah, he's a he's he's a great he's a great actor. But definitely, I I could see Kingpin. You know, I would have had him if I did a top ten, he'd be in it. But man, this was tough. It was tough for me to do. Oh yeah, it, it is five. tough. I mean, look at just like we were talking about Spider Man. I mean, you got. I mean, I liked how they did the Michael Keaton's Vulture. Okay, I don't like him being an old man or whatever in the comics. But I mean, he he's formidable foe. Doctor Octopus, come on, Green Goblin, are you kidding me? I, uh, I liked how uh, they did uh, Doctor Octopus by using uh, uh, Alfred Molina. Yeah, Alfred Molina. Yeah. Yeah, he he he's great, man. There's the char- charismatic type guy. That's the best Spider-Man movie ever, part two. Yeah, great movie, and you know, it's just so many villains that are so great. So, what we'll do probably next time we do one is we're gonna have to get into the DC universe. But um, yeah, I had to double check this time to make sure you said just Marvel because I was about to switch something <laughs> out. To Wait a minute, I forgot about Joker. I forgot oh, about yeah. uh, Lex Luthor. I'd have to tie it up, Lex Luthor. Because man, yeah. Lex Luthor is a genius. Yeah, yeah, he's he, he definitely DC has its share of uh, awesome villains as well. Lex Luthor and and the Joker come to mind, but there's so many. I mean, even Batman himself fighting Bane, Joker, Scarecrow. I mean, you can go to the animated series and say, man, oh, yeah. he fought a lot yeah, of cool ones. Clayface, Clayface, Poison Ivy, even. I mean, just just real cool. Harley Quinn, kind of an antihero. You know, so but also can there's been times where Jesus about killed them in the in the animated series, so uh, well, it's pretty cool. Well, you know, I think they they about uh, worn her pretty thin, putting her in everything lately. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I was more talking about the old school, but uh, yeah, yeah. They they've kind of uh, done a little bit too much with her character. I, I think they've kind of watered her down a little bit from where she used to be. It's unfortunate because uh, the new Suicide Squad, the James James Gunn one, was really really good. Uh-huh. It was it was head and shoulders above the other one, and of course it was way better than Birds of Prey. What the stupid? Uh, <laughs> what, what was your name? What's your name? That uh, that old lady from uh, those Spike Lee movies. What was her name? She was on uh, White Man Can't Jump. Oh, um, I, I know who you're talking about. It's been escaping me. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, come on, dude. Seriously, she's supposed to play somebody who's like in their uh, late twenties, early thirties. She's like fifty-six or something. Yeah, I yeah. guess they they just Rosie Wonder Catra, Rosie Perez. I don't. I've never seen it, so I don't know. I have to get back to you on that. But that movie, uh, I believe awful. you. I believe you. <laughs> well, it looks like we're we're uh, getting close to uh, the end of this, but I just wanted to see if you had any kind of. Uh, at least maybe give me a, another honorable mention that you could like to have put on your list, but you didn't get to put on it. Um, really, to tell you the truth, I mean, I'm not a big, uh, what's his face, um, uh, Mysterio. I'm not really a big Mysterio fan. You, you basically grabbed uh, a lot of the good villains from Spider-Man, you know? I mean, yeah. Well, you gonna put Red Skull on there? He's an honorable mention because man, Red Skull is pretty terrible. He's evil. He's a Nazi. It's interesting you say that. I have him as an honorable mention. Red Skull, definitely uh, the Nazi type guy that you know wants to dominate the world. Has the super soldier serum like Steve Rogers, Captain America, but has went insane. But is strong, fast, and he isn't super intelligent. He's just diabolically evil. So uh, I had that guy. I had one that I think you'll appreciate, Sabretooth. Sabretooth to me uh-huh. has been a real good villain, like a real 
if you look at the comics, the way they had him, not the original X-Men where he was played by the wrestler, <laughs> but, but the one from, I know they had the failed Wolverine movie, but he was played by uh, the guy that, oh, what's his name? He comes out on a TV show on um, Showtime. Oh yeah, um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. He he yeah. was also on uh, he was also on some of all fears. He was yeah. the assassin that they sent out. Yeah, he was he's brilliant a, in that too. He's a, a great actor, and so unfortunately that particular movie was not very good. But him as Sabretooth was great. I think you and I talked about it before. If they hit, if they could just channel that and uh, use this actor along with you know uh, at the time. Um, uh, who's the uh, that plays uh, Wolverine? I know his name is escaping. <laughs> Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. So uh, Hugh Ackman. That's uh, I forget what movie that is. In the case it. <laughs> Very well, Hugh Jackman. But uh, yeah, Hugh Jackman and uh, Lee Schreiber. 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 How's it pronounced? Schreiber. But uh, yeah, he's the one that played uh, Saber Tooth, and he did a great job. It's more like the original comic book version of him where he's got these huge claws and just yeah Wolverine really cool. origins Wolverine origins everything except for the last 20 minutes with uh the mute the mute Deadpool it was great before yeah. you got to that point it was a great movie I liked it so what do you think happened there we talked about that earlier I think somebody put their two cents in that's somebody what put their stupid two cents in because had they a made producer. Yes, dude, because Ryan Reynolds was born to play that part, and him mouthing off, that's definitely what he's supposed to do. Exactly. You take a, an actor who I, for a long time, didn't like anything Ryan Reynolds did, but they used him correctly in the Deadpool movies as this uh, wisecracking, kind of like Spider-Man does, but even more so, wisecracking, mercenary type of guy, and you have these great movies. And at the end of that one, they use him he has his mouth sewn shut and he's can take people's powers it just was just nonsense out of his eyes like he was cyclops like what yeah yeah it was just what nonsense. That power? And, and he had was, blades in his arm like brock up in mortal Kombat. Dumb. yeah yeah so evidently we talked about it before some producer somewhere joe schmo says i got a great idea that's right uh What's called Stallone take his helmet off every five minutes. Oh, he's talking about Judge Dredd. <laughs> Judge Dreadful. Golly. Yeah, Judge Dreadful. Yeah, but so they've come in, they've added to two cents and ruined another movie. So there you go. So, well, but but see, see, but but real quick. So when when you sit there and you look at a movie like how Dread was made, and then you see the other version, you're like, dude, you can't go back. Once you made a really good version of something, why do you why are you going to go to something that's terrible? Yeah, and that's why I'm so critical of them. I've already seen good stuff. Why would I? Why would I accept this other thing that's not as good? <laughs> I think you're just critical because your your name is Johnny the Critical Critic. So <laughs> I think they're just living up to your namesake. Well, with that, uh, this is uh, wrapping up the podcast. Uh, Marty McGeek, and we've had a great uh, visit today from my good buddy Johnny the Critical Critic. So we thank you for listening, and uh, until next time. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.